In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we just don't bring you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to this series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organization and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive a long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations, to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we're all over the net on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google Pay to Stitcher, Spotify. You can find us all over the net. Now, I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to the website leadershipbeyondborders.net. So drop me an email. Just let me know what you want to hear about on this show. But if you're in a leader position, a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. So now on to today's show. You know, talent management helps employers recruit and develop a workforce that is productive as possible and likely to stay with their organization for a long term. When implemented correctly, this process can help improve overall performance of a business and ensure it remains competitive. When not implemented correctly or not implemented at all, it can result in high turnover, lack of innovation, and a company can lose its competitive edge. But businesses that take the time to develop their employees and keep them engaged receive more innovation and are more profitable. But it's not easy to implement talent management programs. And normally the motivation and the direction must come from the top. Our guest today is an expert in the area of recognizing good talent management programs and helping companies get it right when it comes to talent management. Our guest today is Carol Schultz, and she is the founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation. She's the host of the popular podcast, authentically successful, and the author of the new book, Powered by People, How Talent-Centric Organizations Master Recruitment, Retention, and Revenue, and How to Build One. Vertical Elevation is a talent, equity, and leadership and coaching advisory firm specializing in strategic business planning, leadership development, and career coaching. For nearly 30 years, they have helped businesses avoid making repeat mistakes by developing confident, competent leadership teams that allow 
companies run like a well-oiled machine. Carol is a leadership advisory expert recognized for her proficiency in corporate leadership. She has spent three decades helping executives gain clarity in their careers and make bold leadership moves and create cultures of performance. So Carol, welcome to the show. Wow, that was a lot. Kim, thanks for having me. (laughs) Great. I sound pretty impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this person anyway? So that's really good. Uh, Yeah, you know, hey, Carol, you've been doing this for a while, but you just came out with you just Mm. came out with a new book um, three Mm. months ago. Powered people, what brought you to, to what motivated you to write this book and get it on the market today? Wow. I have to say it's something I've been wanting to write for a very, very long time. Uh, The process of building a talent-centric organization came to me in 2008. Um, Prior to that, I had had people say, you know, I'm reading this book or that book. You know as much, if not more, than this Mm -hmm. person. You should be writing a book. But writing a book takes a huge amount of commitment, and it takes a lot of time. And as much as I, you know, I had the want but without the commitment, you just can't get it done. So mm-hmm. I, you know, finally had a sit down with myself and said, you know what, self, <laughs> it's, it's, it's time to commit to this and do it. And once I committed, I, we got it done, period. Yeah. That's it's something great. that people need to know. It's very disruptive. You know, disrupting mm-hmm. an industry is not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, and, and you know, I have a lot of, as you probably will, will talk about, controversial, what some people may think is controversial ideas. Yeah. I, I mean, I've read the book and it is it is fantastic. And let, let's just start for our <laughs> listeners, kind of start basic. Because you, mm-hmm. you, you talk about talent-centric organizations. What do mm-hmm. you mean by that? It, 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 in its simplest form, Kimberly, a talent-centric organization is an organization where the executive committee, the executive team, is fully aligned and there's ways that I discover that, is fully aligned. And then and only then can a talent strategy be built to support the vision and business strategy. It's really all it is in its simplest form. Yeah. And um, just for our listeners also, we're going to refer to that as um, TCO during the podcast. Mm -hmm. So you're familiar with that terminology. So let me ask you that. Okay. Fully aligned. When I, when I hear that and I see the companies I work with, it scares me a little bit. Okay. So you work with a lot of Mm -hmm. companies, Mm -hmm. you know, from all the companies you work with, I mean, what percentage of the companies, if you just took a ballpark, <laughs> do you really say are TCO, talent-centric or yeah. organizations, it, or aligned? If, yeah. If I had to make it, it, an educated guess, I would say fewer than 10%. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 it, doesn't and let me, let me, it doesn't mean that, you know, they're a shit show, okay? Yeah. It, it just yeah. means they're not fully aligned. And, and there's a gap, you know, if you look at it on a scale of 1 to 10 – you know, maybe they're a five out of 10, maybe they're a seven out of 10. There's just means that there's a gap there somewhere that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, when you're looking at this, the, um, because we have a listeners, we have a very big European audience mm-hmm. and as well as us, um, is this kind of worldwide or is it, do you yes. see industries that might be better no. or it's just every, every place? Yeah. It's, ev- it's yeah. every place. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I so can give you lots of examples. Yeah. 
you know, so you can't say, well, the British are better than the U.S. or the Germans are more alive than the it, Italians. And, and I, <laughs> no, and because I say this because, as you, as you mentioned, I have my own podcast and I interview founders and CEOs. Yeah. And I, I, I ask them this question, not always on the podcast, but I, if it comes up, I will talk to them about it, you know, privately, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, just because I don't want, you know, my podcast, I've only got 45 minutes and, you know, I don't want to. I, w- I want to focus on them and their business, right? Not not all the problems right. that they're having. Um, so yeah, and I interview I interview founders from you know all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I I'm I'm going back to your book for a minute because I want to stay mm-hmm. with this TCO and this alignment, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And and you use a couple analogies in your book. Okay. Um, you know about what alignment is. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you know. People use definitions. So could you just kind of talk to us about, you know, give us an example or maybe an analogy on on what you consider being fully aligned? Right. So a fully aligned team, and and this is a great, there's there's three principles to a TCO. And the first is leadership working under an aligned vision that everyone can articulate. It focuses Mm -hmm. on your people. Everything you do drives better experiences for your people. So if I ask, and I do, I actually had this conversation with a founder CEO yesterday, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, if I, you know, ask each of the six members of, of your executive team, what your vision is for the company, will I get the same answer? It doesn't have to be exactly the same words, of course, right? You know, we are individuals, but am I going to get the same answer? And he says, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, and then my second question was, and then if I ask you, um, ask again, each of the six of you, what important, impor- what department or function do you believe is the most important to the success of the company? Will I get the same answer? He says, no, he says, in fact, my COO, um, wouldn't, wouldn't even agree because he believes it's sales and I don't, <laughs> but <laughs> he says my COO wouldn't even agree with that. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. he and I have a, another conversation to talk about that. Right. So what those two things tell me is that they are not aligned. It doesn't mean, I mean, you know, they're growing a successful company. Doesn't mean you can't still grow a successful company. You just won't grow it as successfully. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with only, uh, 25 employees where they are right now, as they grow, which they plan to do, without getting this alignment in place, they will start to suffer from that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you, you see, I mean, this example, you're saying this alignment, you're talking about, you know, a small company with 25 employees. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see that kind of disalignment a lot in, in startups, okay, you know, where right. they... They have they have a product, okay, but maybe the the couple of founders don't have the same alignment of vision. Um, but it gets more complicated when you get to to oh, yeah. very large uh, enterprises. Oh, okay, yes. You, can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I typically don't work with large enterprises exactly for that reason. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know, Oracle, SAP, IBM. I mean, fill in the blank with any large company, right? Coca Cola. I mean, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You know, the CEO does not actually, they, I, I believe they don't really know what's going on on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, I mean, and, and this is not me making things, this is just not me making this up. This is from, yeah. you know, years and years of interviewing people, interviewing mm-hmm. leaders, interviewing people on the ground. 
I mean, I've just got, you know, I could tell you story after story after story about big companies, you know, yeah. um, and, and the reason I prefer, I mean, I've spent most of my career working with small, you know, in the SMB space because, you know, I, I can make a difference. I can help make a difference for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when, when a small business, especially a startup, uh, makes bad hiring decisions, I mean, I could put them out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when a large company, when a, you know, when, when, a when a, a global enterprise makes a, some hiring mistakes, you know, they lose, they still lose a lot of money, but they're not going to go out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. But I mean, Carol, so, I mean, just, just on that a moment, yeah. you know, the impact that you have on an SPMB or a startup is great, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, have we kind of ignored, I'm not talking about you personally, but I'm just talking yeah. about the people in general kind of ignored the enterprise space. We see so much turnover at the board level. We see so many, mm-hmm. so much ca- catastrophic situations with, um, mm-hmm. you know, people being let, let go and mm-hmm. company turnover. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at that space um, yeah. and talking about your book, I mean, can we, can't we help that space at all? The of course we can help yeah. that space, but, but you know, they have to be committed to making the change. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, I, you know, you read the book, I say it all the yep. time and I say it in the book, you do not have a recruiting problem. You have a strategy problem, right? right? So there's lots of people out there that are, that are doing leadership coaching and leadership training, but that in and of itself isn't going to solve your problems. Mm-hmm. You have got to then take that to the talent strategy level and, and support that from a talent strategy standpoint. That's the part that's really ultimately missing. And, and I believe that boards don't see that. Mm-hmm. I believe that's living in a blind spot for them. They just mm-hmm. don't realize, oh, this is where the disconnect is. Why, you know? You know, you turn over a CEO, then you hire another CEO, and that CEO still can't succeed because you're not getting alignment. And that, and then, if you don't have alignment, whether you're, you know, again, whether you're a 25 person company or a 25, you know, thousand or 250 thousand, you know, or you know, a Walmart for who has I don't know how many employees, probably over a million uh, globally, um, you cannot, you'll never be able to filter that down throughout the organization if you don't actively work on that and it's and when you look at a global enterprise you know it it is it it could take two years to make that happen Mm -hmm. you know and they're going to bring in McKinsey or you know one of the big (laughs) uh, consulting firms who's going to charge them millions and millions and millions of dollars and they still aren't going to solve this problem yeah yeah and it's going to take them two years to just to, to understand the alignment period before they start to cascade. But anyways, um, no, I, I, I get you. So I want to talk about the elements um, because what you just, mm-hmm. you just said, you know, you know, it's, it's not a hiring problem. It's a strategy problem. And we want to talk about the elements of a TCO, um, but we're going right. to take a short break for a minute. And for our listeners, we are talking with Carol Schultz and she is the founder and CEO of vertical elevation and and she's the host of the popular podcast, Authentically Successful, and the author of a new book, 
been out a couple months, available on Amazon, powered by people, how talent-centric organizations master recruitment, retention, and revenue, and how to build one. Vertical Elevation is a talent equity and leadership and coaching advisory firm. And if you'd like to get the hold of them, you can go to their website at www.verticalelevation.com. And they are also um, on LinkedIn under Vertical Dash Elevation. And Carol is on Twitter under Carol B. Schultz. And on LinkedIn under Carol B. Schultz uh, 246. So please reach out to Carol or go to her website and the book is also on the website so you can learn more about the book. This broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda of one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research and legislative white papers focused on digital. They also hold conferences. Their next conference is going to be held in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th. And they also have an e-learning platform focused on product managers and startups and SMBs. And this is in cooperation with Boss Capital for Startups. And you can learn more about Cinder on www.cinder.org. Okay. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Today, we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. Voiceamerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. Voiceamerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit voiceamerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. Voiceamerica.tv. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are talking with Carol Schultz, and she is the founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation. And she's also the author of a new book that's just come out, and it's called Powered by People, How Talent-Centric Organizations Master Recruitment, Retention, and Revenue, and How to Build One. And that's what we're talking about today. So, um, Carol, you know, the first segment we kind of talked about what a talent-centric organization is, and and we talked a little bit about the uh, the alignment, the principles, how that alignment has to be there. But then, you know, there are elements of a talent-centric organization. Mm-hmm. So let let's let's move a little bit beyond the alignment, which we understand mm-hmm. has to happen at the at the at the top, and talk about the elements. Right. So. 
Yeah, as you said, we talked about, um, you know, step one, leadership, working under an aligned vision. We can all articulate. The second is a talent development strategy from recruiting to succession, as in beyond the C-suite, right? This includes building diversity so you don't suffer from groupthink. So your talent, you know, your talent strategy is going to include recruiting, retention, um, succession planning, uh, leadership development and employee development, right? Mm -hmm. Those are all a piece of it. And then the final piece is built in blind spot awareness from established feedback loops, right? This is about shifting how we think and therefore how we work. And it of course has to begin with the leadership team and then we trickle it down through the organization. Okay, well, let, let's take a little deeper mm -hmm. dive into recruitment because uh, this mm -hmm. this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. Okay, you know, um, I, well, we're aligned you know, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The LinkedIn fill out the form. Do you have the right keywords? You know, um, I mean, what, what do you? What are we doing wrong with recruitment? Okay, first, and um, I'm not talking about retention yet because I want to come to that. Yeah. But I'm just like getting out there and finding that talent in the first place. Well, I don't know if we, I don't think we have enough time, so I'm going to try to uh, hit, hit the high points <laughs> of this. No, really, that, that could be, yeah. that could be the next five, that could you know, whole the next five yeah. interviews as, yeah. as we go. But what we're doing with recruiting that's not working is first of all, companies, the post and pray method, right? Mm -hmm that I refer to as post and pray, meaning, you know, you'll look all over LinkedIn and, you know, CEOs and founders and all sorts of people, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. That's all great and wonderful. If somebody knows who you are, <laughs> but what about the people who don't know who you are and you're a startup? So how are people going to find out who you are outside of LinkedIn? You know, people are busy. They have things to do. So post and pray, um, which is not only on LinkedIn, but you know, whether somebody's putting a job ad on any of the job boards, right? Fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. There's millions yeah. of them. Um, yeah. You know, do, do you remember the, you know, back in the day when, you know, we, we used the want ads, who was applying for yeah. those jobs? Yeah. People who need a job, right. right? It's the same thing with posting a job. You just get to post more stuff now. You're, you know, people have to see you and it's going to be typically people who are looking for a job. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that's that about recruiting. It doesn't mean you won't maybe find a needle in a haystack. You might. Mm -hmm. um, the second yeah. thing is companies don't really understand how to recruit. Right. So they maybe they're using agencies. Maybe they're using agencies and internal recruiters. Maybe they're just using internal recruiters. Um, and the problem is. In the agency world, whether you're, you know, 80% of agencies are contingency, 20% mm -hmm. are retained. And, you know, <laughs> these are initially low barrier to entry businesses. Right. So in a low barrier to entry, you can, you know, you bring in people often with no experience. And I would assert in the, in the contingent agency world, you know, 2% are the one you want to hire. How do you find those 2%? Mm -hmm. They don't know yeah. how to do that. Uh, and even in the retained world, I could tell you many, many stories of executives who'd say, I'm never going to work with fill in the blank with one of the global retained firms. I will never work with them again because blank. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of companies just go to them because they think, well, you know, this is a name brand. Well, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're going to get everything you need out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe that 2% is higher, but companies, they don't know the right questions to ask to determine 
is this a firm I want to bring on to do work for me? Because mm-hmm. I don't really know the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes into internal recruiters, companies, this, you know, this started when the internet came out in the, in the, you know, early mid nineties, when it came out to the masses, uh, mm-hmm. company said, Hey, we can hire somebody and put them behind a desk to sift through resumes. Well, that's not what <laughs> recruiting is. That's you know, I, I mean, I, I started in, yeah. you know, 30 years ago and learned what it is to be an old fashioned headhunter. And that's what I teach yeah. people is how to be an yeah. old fashioned headhunter. So companies aren't headhunting anymore. They put somebody behind a desk and they say, here, go spam people out on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to tell you a really quick story. I had a conversation with a gal. She's the daughter of a good friend of mine. And, uh, I was over at their house one day. This is, you know, a number of years ago. And, and she goes, Oh, we're in the same business. <laughs> I said, Oh really? What agency do you work for? She goes, Oh no, I work for such and such. You know, it was a metal metals and mining company here in Colorado. Uh-huh. And, I I said, oh, well, we don't do the same thing. And she looked at me like a deer in headlights. Well, what do you mean? And I said, well, let me ask you two questions. When you get um, a job opening, does somebody hand you the job spec with, you know, a few paragraphs Mm -hmm. and a litany of bullet points? Or are you actually in a meeting with the stakeholders asking them 40, 50 questions to determine what it is we need in this position and then writing the position description alongside the stakeholders? Uh, nope, they hand me the job opening. Right. So you're an order filler. You're not a consultant. There's consultants to management and there's agents of management. Consultant Mm -hmm. to management does the latter. They actually consult and work side by side as a partner. An agent of management is the person who's handed, handed the job and go fill this job. Okay. And then I said to her, well, how do you, how do you start doing searching for your candidates? Well, and she said, as most people do, right? I mean, when I started, there was no such thing as LinkedIn, right? Right. So that's how, you know, when you learn. So these people don't know unless they've been taught how to actually headhunt. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I said, how do you go find people? Well, I go to LinkedIn and I start networking and I send messages. I said, well, why don't you pick up the phone and call people? And she looked at me and I quote and said, <laughs> how do you find their phone numbers? <laughs> Now, does this make her stupid? No, it makes her uneducated and it makes the company doesn't know enough to know that they need to bring somebody in to train people on actually how to headhunt people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are just a few things. There's still so much more wrong with it. Having talent strategy report to HR, that's all separate conversation. No, it has no business reporting into human resources. None. None. And, and. Oh, you're hitting another sore spot of mine. (laughs) Okay. We could go on, but no, I I get you. And you know, you're right. You see it so internally. I mean, you know, first you have those external agencies, but internally it's just, um, it's an admin job. Basically it's what it's turned into an admin job. Great way to put it. Yeah. yeah, um, And and it's just so frustrating. And Mm -hmm. even if you, and if you're a candidate, it's frustrating also because you're having an an unintelligent conversation with somebody who probably doesn't know anything about the position, you know, your, you know, your specialty or what you're applying for. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anyways, but I I want to stay with that for a minute on on this, on this recruitment, because, you know, it's, Let's say you finally do get somebody and, you know, you get somebody in there. One of the things you say in the book, yeah, we have we have recruiting issues, but we also have retention issues. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so you finally get that, you know, you found that needle in the haystack. Okay, and you get them in there 
And I think you used a fantastic example in your book um, that I've seen a million times that, you know, the person is selling, 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 they're meeting their quotas all the time. And then all of a sudden you take, take, uh, take accounts away from that. I've seen that so much. Makes me crazy. I mean, yeah, retention. I mean, why are we not recognizing talent when we see it and then not just rewarding that talent? What, what are we doing wrong there? Is it, is it just to save money or is it to not understanding the human resources or the motivation? What do you see happening there? Well, it's actually all of the above, right? And and it could be any yeah. combination of the above, depending on the company, right? So, so the example in the book of taking an account away actually happened to somebody I knew long, long ago who worked for a company that would now be considered in, you know, business, you know, in the analytics industry, right? And, you know, back, back then it was called uh, data warehousing <laughs> a million years <laughs> so, ago. Yeah. And uh, this happened to somebody. And I, of course, I won't mention the name of the company. Um, the founder, as so many founders have been in the past and still are, was a, the technical founder, right? He was the technical guy that built the product. And, you know, to that, to that CEO, to that founder, sales was a necessary evil, Mm-hmm. It's a really glass half empty way to look at your sales organization, yeah, which yeah. is, oh, by the way, the only organization that directly earns you revenue directly mm-hmm. doesn't mean that all the other things, you know, customer success isn't contributing to it. Doesn't mean that all these other uh, departments aren't important or as important, but the reality is sales is your only direct source of revenue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So to take this guy's and they took away his largest account and what did he start doing? Yeah. Looking for a new job. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, I, I don't, it, you know, I, I mean, this, this happens now, of course, as companies grow, you know, you have to plan on losing some territory, but to take somebody's mm-hmm. biggest account away is just foolishness Yeah, because you know, yeah. what's going to happen. That guy's going to go to a different company who's might be your competitor and he's going to bring that customer along with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're really yeah. SOL. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just, it's really a combination of all of those things. It's, it's CEOs often not recognizing the importance and then they don't ask people in the hiring process, you know, even, even going back now, you know, after the fact, listen, you've been here for a year and a half. What's it going to take to keep you here for five? That's how long we, it's a minimum of how long we'd like you to stay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're just not asking people. Yeah. And, and, you know, do you think that's part of the problem now? Because we have kind of going on and I saw you wrote some articles about this big quit. OK, um, mm-hmm. you know, now we had the pandemic. Maybe some people you mm-hmm. know, have reevaluated, you know, what they want in work and what they want in life. But right. Um, what, and I've heard a thousand opinions. What do you think? You know, retention is a huge problem today, huger, uh, bigger than it was 10 yeah. years ago. OK, Um is there one specific thing we might be doing wrong? <laughs> we're, not not asking, we're not. We're not. The only. The, <laughs> the, 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 I would say the lowest common denominator, Kimberly, is people are not asking their candidates. You know, in the process, and their employees, what's it going to take to keep you here for X amount of years? What do you need? Mm-hmm. They're not asking people. Yeah, I mean, no. it's really, it's really as simple as that. But you have to, you know, you also have to do it in a way that people are, you know, people, if you haven't built a culture of feedback, you may just get some BS answer. Mm-hmm. 
And is that kind of the one of the transitions into a TCO is really building that culture of feedback? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's uber mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, okay. I had a conversation with a with a founder yesterday exactly about that. Exactly about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do you have a culture of feedback? Right. Well, no, we yeah. don't. Well, why not? Yeah. Right. Well, it seems like people used to be afraid of feedback. <laughs> Is that what? What do you think the biggest reason they just don't want to hear it, or they're afraid of it, or what? You know, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, all all of the above. Again, it depends on the individual, and I, and and the way people need to to shift their mindset around a culture of feedback is to take it as a contribution. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is teaching people how to communicate effectively. Right. That's a huge part of, of, you know, once that's a huge thing within alignment, aligning the executive team, because if they don't know how to communicate effectively, they cannot possibly disseminate it throughout the organization. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And that, you know, has to come from the very top of the yeah. company. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is, this is all really great. I think we could probably do three shows about this Yes, because I have a thousand more questions that, uh, <laughs> we're going to take a short break. Um, and I'm trying to figure, trying to figure out which of the next, uh, which of the hundred questions I have that we're going to deal with and get back. And I think when we get back, I'd like to hear your insights on leadership development and also a little yeah. bit about the blind spots, finding the blind yeah. spots. Okay. Yeah, so great. for our listeners, we are talking to Carol Schultz and she's the founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation. And she is also the host of Authentically Successful and the author of the new book, Powered by People, How Talent-Centric Organizations Master Recruitment, Retention, and Revenue. And that's on Amazon. And it's also on her website. And you can go to her website, which is www.verticalelevation.com. And if you'd like to reach out to Carol, she is also on Twitter and LinkedIn under Carol B. Schultz. And her company, Vertical Elevation, is also on LinkedIn under Vertical-Elevation. So please reach out to her and get the book um, on Amazon. It's absolutely a great read if you're in any kind of talent management, leadership, CEO, executive position. And you can also contact me if you have questions on leadership beyond borders at gmail.com. And we would also like to thank our partners for this show. That is Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold vertical trainings, conferences, do market research papers and legislative white papers focused on digital. They also have an e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital for Startups out of San Diego. Cinda is located in Switzerland, and they also have live conferences, and the next conference is held October 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy. So if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Today, we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And our guest today is Carol Schultz, and she's the founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation. And she's also the host of Authentically Successful, a great podcast. And she is the author of a new book, came out a couple months ago, Powered by People, How Talent-Centric Organizations Master Recruitment, Retention, and Revenue, and How to Build One. And we've been, uh, you know, we started the, the first part, Carol, we kind of just talked about what uh, TCO looks like and alignment um, and vision. And now we've kind of got into the elements of a, a really talent management program. We talked about uh, recruitment and retention. And, and I really want to hear about leadership development and a little bit on succession, succession planning, because I've seen so many leadership development internal programs that you know, it's not about going to one class and sitting there and learning mm-hmm. something, okay? And then some of them have, you know, recognized the the high talent or, you know, the next success. I mean, uh, what just your experience with leadership development programs. What yep. do they look like and what should they look like? <laughs> right. Well, they they look like many different things, right? So there's universities who offer them. And often the people who are delivering those are, I mean, sometimes they're former executives. Maybe they've worked at one or two companies. So they have, I mean, they have good advice. Um, Sometimes it is uh, individuals who are offering programs and they offer programs uh, for the whole company, which I don't think is effective, uh, or for the whole team as a group, which is great, but you need to do individual work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, companies run these. I've had founders say, oh, that's really great that you're doing that. But yeah, we've got internal leadership programs. Okay. Uh, are those people able to look at it, look at you from an objective viewpoint? <laughs> you know, they, they, that's the important importance of hiring a third party. I believe mm-hmm. they can look at you yeah. in, in an unattached way. When mm-hmm. you run programs internally, people are attached to the outcome. Of course. Right. So when you bring somebody, a third party in who actually knows what they're doing, they look at you in an unattached way, which is super, super important. So there's lots of different types of programs and it really just depends on the company. And and I believe you need to bring in experts from the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, just just to comment to what you said, not just attached to the outcome, they're attached to the people. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which, which mm-hmm. makes it so, so, so leadership development is, you know, a core element here in this TCO and primarily mm-hmm. brought, probably focused, um, you know, bringing somebody in from the outside so that they can be objective. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and tie that, tie that into succession planning. Okay. Because mm-hmm. there's so many companies that have, you know, there's all kinds of really cool names for these programs, you know, mm-hmm. um, Next in line, uh, you know, um, are high performers. I've heard a thousand different names for this. Okay, right. um, succession planning. Uh, how do you correctly do that? The first thing you have to do is realize that 
it's not just the executive team that you need to succession plan for. <laughs> okay. Yes. A lot of people think it's just the executive team. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it only as the executive team, what are you going to do when, when, when your, you know, high level sales performers start quitting or your first line sales manager or your second line sales manager? If you, you know, well, gosh, well, let's, let's promote somebody from first line to second line. I could tell you a story about that where <laughs> the, you know, first line management is one thing, right? In first line management, if you've got nothing but star performers, boy, do they make you look good. But yep. first line to second line is a very different. Now you're managing managers and that's not the same thing. You have mm -hmm. to actually start training managers. So I could tell you, I could tell you a story, a great story. Um, about somebody that I've known for many, many, many years. He made this mistake early on in his uh, first job as a North American, you know, as a, as a VP of North American sales for a $2 billion company, promoting people from first line to second line, and then only realizing, oh, this is not the same thing as just first line managers, mm -hmm. managing, you know, individual contributors. So, you know, it, it cost them, and I, I put this example is in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, it cost them... I don't know. I think each, each, each of these second line managers was managing. I can't remember what it is. Something. I mean, at least the, I think that they were out something like 40 or $60 million as a consequence of, of one putting one person from first to second line management that had no business being there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Cause it is a complete different ball game. You that's know, right. It, it really, really is. I mean, it's kind of like, even if you're talking about sales, I mean, remember, you know, going down even level, taking the best salesperson and putting them into first line management sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> well, of course. Mean, I mean, it's the same thing. Whether, yeah. That's yeah. right. There, there's no question yeah. because it's, yeah. a, it's a different skill set. And if you're going to move somebody into that position, you sure as sure as hell better give them the leadership training and coaching that they need to succeed. And, mm -hmm. and, and they still, they still might not succeed because they don't have, you know, they don't have the, the, the right temperament to do it. I mean, there's a multitude mm -hmm. of things. You can't just force somebody and make them a great manager. They just may not have the ability to do that. So mm -hmm. you have to determine that. And that's where succession planning at all levels is just really imperative. You know, I've got somebody else that I know who, Lost their, they brought in a uh, head of sales. It's a, a company outside the United, headquartered outside the United States. They brought in a head of sales uh, who was recommended by the board. They had worked together in their last company, and he had no experience in this vertical market. Great manager. I mean, the guy was extraordinarily successful at this other startup he'd been at. But but ultimately, they had to let him go. He was they they never should have hired him in the first place. As good as he is, mm -hmm. he didn't know their market. And this was something that you needed to know this market to succeed this vertical market. And they have now been looking to replace him. They hired a firm that was, that was, um, recommended by the board. Boards don't always make the best decisions. They had a good, you know, they had success with somebody. And I think they've now been looking for six months and still don't have him replaced. Wow. wow. So I've got no head of it sales. And, and, and th th this kind of goes to something else that you say in the book, okay, because, you know, you, they brought him in, he was good in sales, but he didn't know this market. And you talk yeah. about not job descriptions, but position descriptions. Right, right. And if you looked at it from the position description, you would have probably said he needs to have that market. What's yeah. the difference, the yeah. difference between position descriptions and job descriptions? Well, you know, job descriptions are all over the internet. Just, you know, go to Indeed or wherever. You know, mm -hmm. hi, we're this, this, and this, and we're really great. And, you know, here's what we're looking for. Mm 
mm-hmm. and it's not thought out. You know, I have when when I have, and there there are examples of you know how do you some of the questions to ask to, in a position description. I give those examples in the book. Um, but you know, that's, that's like 45 or 50 questions that I would send ahead of time to the stakeholders that I'm meeting with on the position. And, and I cannot tell you how many times people are like, Oh, I never thought about that. (laughs) And of course, one of those questions was how long do you want this person to stay in the job? I never really thought about that. That's just one example. And we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are many other things and, and, you know, we talk about the company and the culture and, oh, by the way, why does this person want to come work for you? They don't think yeah. about that either. They yeah. think about how great and wonderful they are. Yeah. You know what? Let's just stop thinking how great and wonderful we are <laughs> and really looking at from objectively, I have to be convinced. Why does this person, why do you think you can attract this person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and especially in today's world when people are a little bit more picky on where they're That's going right. to work. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're getting, we're getting towards the end of the show. So I want to come to just a question that you talk about in your book, um, blind spots. Okay. Yeah. We're obviously talking a little bit about, we're kind of talking about the blind spots, but mm-hmm. um, when you, when you talk about blind spots and what do you mean and, and how does it, right. how do, how does a company recognize that? Right. So there's, there's three, we can, let's call them realms that, that we as human beings all live in. There's, I know what I know, right? Mm-hmm. There's, I know what I don't know. And then there's the third place where great coaching works, was it, which is in the area of, I don't know <laughs> what I don't know. That would be a blind spot. Okay. Yeah. So it's, 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 I was, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult to ever recognize one without, without having somebody get you to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I can see something in you that you do not see in yourself. Yeah. I mean, I've had it, I've had it happen to me with a coach and, mm-hmm. and the story's in the book, you know, mm-hmm. where we were sitting in the World Trade Center and, and my coach said to me, you know, when this is pre 9-11 and he said to me, Finally, Carol, you have trust and intimacy issues. <laughs> I put down my drink and it was like a light bulb went off. <laughs> and I was like, of course I do. How have I never seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this is over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. How did I get to be in my late thirties and never realize that? Yeah. So yeah. we all have them and it takes somebody who really knows what they're doing to discover those things because until I was able to realize that I had trust and intimacy issues, I could not get a structure put in place to keep it from limiting me. Period. Mm-hmm. That's what yep. that work is all about. It is really mm-hmm. important. And, and so that's that's a lot of work with coaches and helping and somebody helping you find that. That's right. So yeah. So Carol, we're kind of at the end now. So I just want to wrap this up. I mean, mm-hmm. the book is incredible. Okay. Um, and I'm, you. you know, our listeners really, you know, get this book. And we got a lot of CEOs, a lot of executive people mm-hmm. listening to the show. Okay. Um, people and quite a few startups also. What if you? This is a lot of information, a lot of stuff. But if you had one kind of bit of advice mm-hmm. that, um, other than go buy the book and read it, okay, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, what 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 would that be? You know, just to kind of get a TOC and move your organization forward. Yeah, 
I would, the, the best advice I can give is to be open to the possibility of doing things in a way that you've never done them before. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that is absolutely fantastic. Okay. And for our listeners, we have been speaking with Carol Schultz today and she's the CEO of Vertical Elevation and she is the host of the popular podcast, Authentically Successful and the author of a new book, which we've been talking about today, Powered by People, How Talent-Centric Organizations Master Recruitment, Retention and Revenue. And Vertical Elevation is a talent, equity and leadership and coaching advisory firm specializing in strategic business planning, leadership development, and career coaching. And by tackling the roots of high employee turnover and low work plus morale, they motivate and inspire their clients to create and sustain a healthy talent-centric company. And for you've been working now, Carol, for over 30 years just to uh, in this business, helping businesses and helping executives develop. So um, great. You know, any it, one 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 reason why should people should read your book, because I know they should read it if you just <laughs> wanted to say, <laughs> OK, if you want to give one more message to our listeners, I'm getting the book. I, I I I didn't quite get what you were asking. I'm sorry. But yeah, just kind of got. Why should I come read your book? Well, uh, if you are, as I said, if you are open to the possibility of there's a better way to do things, and you're and you're open to looking at there's a better, a more effective way, and a different way to do things, that's why you should read the book. Yep, and I agree. Great book. It's, it's an easy so, read. It's not complicated. You know, we yeah. We specifically wrote it so that people would be engaged with it. I get so many business mm -hmm. books and I'm like, Ugh, I cannot get through this. <laughs> no, seriously. I agree. And no, seriously, it's a, it's a great read. It's an easy read. And it's full of, of information that, that makes you think. Okay, It makes you yeah. take a look at your own organization. Um, now you can learn more about the book on Carol's website under www.verticalelevation.com. Um, the book is available on Amazon. You can reach out to Carol on Twitter or LinkedIn under Carol B. Schultz. And her company, Vertical Elevation, is also on LinkedIn. So please reach out to Carol. And Carol, once again, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. It's been really great. And I think we should do a follow-up because I've still got 100 questions here for you. So, okay. Well, it would be my pleasure. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. Okay, great. And uh, for our listeners, this broadcast has been brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, does market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. And Cinda also has an online learning series every Thursday at 1700 Central Europe time. And they also have an e-learning platform that is focused on people in product management positions as well as startups. And the e-learning is in cooperation with Boss Capital Startup Science out of San Diego, California in the U.S. And Cinda is located in 
Tavel, Switzerland, and they do hold conferences. And their next conference is October 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy. To learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, don't forget to tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major platform across the web. Just look for Leadership Beyond Borders. And with that, thank you for listening this week and have a great week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.